God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Hello, this is By Design, a podcast from American Family Radio. Uh, I'm Will Addison, and my wife Miki is with me. Welcome to our new program here on AFR called By Design, where we discuss all things related to God's design for marriage. You can visit afa.net slash by design to find articles, podcasts, and videos to educate and encourage you on building up your marriage and family the way God designed it. Yeah, By Design's mission is to educate and encourage people to embrace God's design for marriage and family as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Yes, yes. And today, uh, the topic that came to my heart, came to my mind was, you know, so you have the unit, the husband and the wife. But then there were children. Hmm. And so how that uh, relates to the marriage union and also the vision and the purpose that God is given for that particular marriage. Let's start by exploring how sometimes introducing kids, um, we expect this incredible amount of joy, which is right for us yes. to expect. But sometimes, unfortunately, soon after that first child mm. is introduced, um, what sometimes happens is an incredible amount of confusion as to where that child falls. Yeah. Does that child now become a part of the union mm. or is that child in addition to an already existing union? Yeah. And then what does that look like? For yeah. some couples, this is a huge issue, but the Bible doesn't leave us without guideposts. That's right. It's very important to understand this because the union is the husband and the wife. And so I know we, we've spoken we've spoken about this before, and we've had some uh, responses that were like, "What? Huh?" It's hard, you know, to because understand. children are in addition to the union that is uh, put together by God, and so um, they are not to come in between that union, you know, because one day. They will have their own families, Lord willing. And then you guys are still there, you know. So you have to take care of that uh, union first and understand that the children are an addition. They're a great addition. And we are the, we have a job to do, you know, as far as our children are concerned. But the union is the, the, the husband and the wife. Yeah, that can be really difficult to explore depending on your background mm -hmm. and the type of family that you grew up in. I think understanding that biblically was a little bit easier for you because you came from a family that was intact. You saw both your mom and your dad and you saw the dynamic of they are the unit. Mm -hmm. um, so you had boundaries yeah. as a kid. You had yeah. to knock on their door before you entered. Right. Um, you understood that your parents are talking. You're not a part <laughs> of the decision making. Right, right. Um, you understood that very easily. For me, mm -hmm. however, it was not so easily understood, nor was it um, easily embraced mm -hmm. because I came from the context where it was just my mom and us kids. Mm -hmm. And so we were a part of the decision making. There mm -hmm. were no, as you would call them, closed doors um, as it pertained to my mom. So mm -hmm. not only did we have full access to her room. <laughs> But frankly, many of us slept in her room like yeah. we were all roommates. It yeah. felt like, you know, and even though there was a barrier, you know, dividing like we were respectful. Right. Uh, it was just a different dynamic. And so when you grow up in that context, 
you feel like you are sort of in this position that um, I think the Bible does not describe for children. Mm. So we have two different contexts that we've come from. Yeah. Like you said, that you know, my father and my mother was in the home, uh, and you, your mother. Um, so how did that affect you personally, as you know, being married and then having children? Like what what kind of things did you have to work through? Well, honestly, um, the very first feeling that I remember that caused a conflict in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, was my kid, uh-huh. my baby. <laughs> which, you, which I see you correct yourself on, like even because you, you <laughs> might say that e- even now, but you're like, no, our. <laughs> so so there's, there's, there's a double dynamic that's going on there. Initially, yeah. it was because in my mind, yeah. the, that position or that role was sort of like a singular position, mm. just one person. So it was mine, mm-hmm. not ours. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom spoke in terms of my kids, mm. my kids. Mm. And so I heard that all the time. I experienced that all the time. Mm. And so when our first daughter was born, that's immediately what I felt. Mm. I felt like my daughter, yeah. like my baby, you know. Yeah. Um, but then there's an additional dynamic. And, and sometimes it still comes out mm-hmm. because having done radio solo, I would speak in terms of my mind. Yeah. And then, so yeah. now I'm yeah. because we work together. Right. So but it's not what it originally was mm. originally it was a reflection of my heart that I felt like <laughs> yeah. this is my kid yeah. and and sometimes when you would even discipline mm-hmm. like when you would correct the kids mm-hmm. I had this feeling of like <laughs> <laughs> I had this feeling of like hold on a second <laughs> and in my mind and my heart I mean it's a weird feeling because yeah. it is it is the result of brokenness yeah. but I felt like those are my kids mm. like hold up and, and constantly examining whether or not your correction was warranted. Mm-hmm. Was it handled right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a right to discipline them? Now, I never questioned that in my own mind when <laughs> right, I discipline right. them. It's like, no, they're wrong. Yeah. You need to go sit down. Yeah. You know, but if you would say they're wrong, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know if you're in the position to really say that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But again, it's coming from a background where, again, it's coming from a background mm-hmm. where I just saw my mom, mm-hmm. you know, in the leadership position. Yeah. So it was difficult yeah. for me to operate as the two of us being the unit. Yeah. And so even with that, the other dynamic is, so, you know, you and I are married and we already, we're, we're dealing with, and I say dealing with, but it's the beauty of compromising and coming together as one unit, right? So mm-hmm. just, so then you, you, you uh, insert a child within the mix and so now some affections almost have to be divided, <sighs> you know, and so that could be a difficult thing, you know. Uh, yeah, because as, the kid does not upset you as much as the husband does. Right, right. And the kid is, you know, <laughs> always cute, always, always doing adorable. the right yes, things, you know, absolutely. as a baby. All you, you know, oh, yeah. but you have this other dynamic going on where is the husband and the wife and you're still you know, becoming one, like this is a process. And so even, even through that, like how on your end, did you feel like you navigated the inserting a child into uh, now this unit that's already has been constructed by God, but now you're bringing in this other person? Like, well, I would say that it began with your kind of consistent mm -hmm. drumming that we're the unit, we're the unit. And I remember even early on, you know, with our first child, I wanted that child to sleep in the bed with us. Like, Mm -hmm. why not? And you were like, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) And I just thought that was so mean. Like, I just thought, why not? Like, I mean, 
but now I'm so grateful because yeah. there are horror stories. <laughs> and you know, for a time, Around, you, you like might having five year olds. We've had olds, the, the, you know. the children in the room. Yeah, at different times. You know, but I wanted co sleeping. Like I wanted, like <laughs> we all just, you know, we're all just together here. Right, and and right. so, but it was it was your driving home the point that the Bible has a standard that you and I are the unit. Yeah, and that was really really difficult for me. I processed that through a mean lens. Like mm. I thought, why, why don't, why do you want to, you know, wrestle me away from my kids? Like that's mm. how I thought about mm. that. But when you search the scriptures, you come to see that, or I came to see that what you were expressing was biblical. Mm-hmm. And I had to be willing to, to, um, to come to terms with my brokenness mm-hmm. and to say, <clears throat> excuse me, you know what? I just, I haven't seen that. Yeah. And that's why it seems difficult for me. Yeah. And I think those boundaries are important, not only from that angle of like, you know, wanting the babies to stay. And look, some people, they have different views about this. So if if you're one that is like, no, my baby stay. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's that's totally fine. But for us, this is what we have done. And it's worked. But those boundaries is just a setting of boundaries that's important as well, because even as they get older, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a thing that. I believe uh, children love to do. I I did it as a child, you know, where you may ask, you know, one parent for something and then, you know, or you may go to a certain parent, you know, because you know what the outcome may be. And, you know, those type of dynamics. And when you have those boundaries that hold on, did you ask mom this first? Yeah. yeah. We're the unit. Like I agree with what she's saying. So if you go, if you're coming to me after having already asked mom, then the answer is what she said. Yeah. And I think you have to have those boundaries throughout. Yes. You know, the, the marriage. And that can be difficult to do. But I think one of the things that's important for couples to recognize from the scriptures is that the two becoming one flesh is not just poetry that's Mm. introduced in Genesis. Mm. It is the revelation of a spiritual fact. And so if you look at it, even the Apostle Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians, 1 Mm. Corinthians chapter 6, he says that um, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I would start at verse 16. Um, I'm just going to go back. I start at verse 16. He says, or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her Mm. for as it is written, the two will become one flesh. Mm. So here the apostle Paul is not speaking even of a marital union. He is talking about the joining together of two people's bodies, right? Mm. That what God sees is a one flesh union occurring. So it's not just the institution of marriage. It is something that happens. It is a spiritual principle that is actual factual Mm -hmm. that the two become one. So in marriage, what we are then tasked with doing Mm -hmm. is simply living that out. Mm. We're not making that a reality. Mm -hmm. That is a reality. That is a spiritual principle that the Lord reveals from the beginning and then underscores for the New Testament church that who we join with in body, we become one flesh with. And this is how the Lord sees it. Mm. So from how we parent our kids Mm. to the dynamic that exists in our families, Mm -hmm. it is simply us displaying Mm -hmm. this factual reality that we too, are the unit we too are the one flesh Mm -hmm. and god has graciously given us children they are not joined to us in this type of unit they are additions or blessings to the family that already exists yeah by the way if you're married and you don't have children yet or Mm -hmm. you know i I don't know that's the lord's um um 
I would say sovereignty Mm -hmm. that allows for children to come into a family. Mm -hmm. um, You're still a family. Mm -hmm. That unit exists before the children and God sees it as such. Yeah. And I, you know, just a little shift, not a big shift, but something that you said in as far as like raising up um, children, you know, the scripture that always comes to my heart, Psalm 127, you know, uh, verse three. And it talks about it says, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. And, and the Bible also talks about training up children in the way that they should go. And the responsibility of the parent, you know, in the training of their children. And so as a father, one thing that we have to make sure of is that even before we are married, that we have a vision. Mm-hmm. Because this vision that will be taken on by our wives, you know, uh, who helps us with this vision, you know, and then also it be it will be handed down to the children. Mm-hmm. Like the children will be a part of what we are all doing, you know, as far as uh, living for God. Like that 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 should be a vision uh, for each household, and it starts with with the father. And so it's important in even the raising up of our, our children that they understand clearly, you know, that their parents are living for God. What the vision of the house is, and and what part they play. Yeah, you know, because we are called now that we have children, we have to culture proof them. That's right. We have to culture proof them, and that's big work. Mm-hmm. You know, so even in that. You know, when we look at family dynamics and, and things like that, uh, a main feature when we have children is that we have to shift from just being us to now we have children that mm-hmm. we have to disciple. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's so interesting um, the wisdom of God that um, structures families in such a way that the body of Christ has no lack. Like if you think about it, so you have this husband who the Lord calls, um, he has this purpose. There is something that God has given him to do. Mm -hmm. He finds a wife. He takes this wife. He brings her into the context of his home. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, this is the purpose that God has for us. Mm -hmm. If the Lord graciously gives children are born into that union Mm -hmm. and they take on the characteristics of that purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything that the husband and then the wife, if Mm -hmm. she's a help right. Um, the wife, they are pouring into the children those things that are in a line or that are aligned with this purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because if you look at it, we can see this naturally speaking that you have families that, you know, it seems that all of those members in, in their family that they all seem to be in the medical community. Mm, yeah. Like there's a legacy of that. Then you have families where there's like a legacy of military service. And then mm-hmm. you have families where there's like a legacy of ministry, like vocational ministry. Yeah. Um, a legacy of the study of the law or, you know, maybe academia. And we can understand that God in his wisdom. Now think about this in the context of advancing Mm -hmm. and strengthening the body of Christ. So what God is doing is he is building up the body so that every joint can supply. We play a role in that when we are tuned in or dialed into what the Lord has for us to do. And then we pass that on to our children. Our children are then able to carry out this mandate and thereby strengthen the body of Christ. Yeah, it's it's such an important thing that 
uh, in front of our children that we are modeling, you know, godliness, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and what and look at this, whatever we model in front of them, they're going to take on. They're going to see, mm-hmm. you know, I, I sent you a story. I don't know if you if you were able to uh uh, read it, but it was concerning Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. and and some of the you know we we know how some of his life played out, yeah. you know the indiscretions and things like that. But I was reading the article and it was talking about how his dad, his dad was doing the same stuff. Wow! While Tiger Woods was like a a, a young boy, like you know practicing, his dad was doing things that you know that he shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And um, man, and I I looked at that and I was like, man, the mm-hmm. scriptures are definitely true they speak mm-hmm. to this that you know in luke chapter 6 verse 40 a pupil uh is not above his teacher mm-hmm. so we can in the context of our children the things that we put before them they're going they're learning from that yes this is our responsibility a pupil is not above his teacher but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher wow big responsibility Huge. and so now you know we have yes the unit but then you enter, you have kids that enter in and you have to look at them as, man, Lord, help me to disciple them. Help me to live in front of them. You know what I preach, mm-hmm. you know, help me to live it out. Let them see a godly example, because what you're putting in front of them, uh, a lot of times they're going to carry out, you know, and because the student will be like the teacher. Absolutely. And even if you bring it full circle. What you put in front of your kids, not only the mission of the family, but the high calling of firmly grasping the gospel, Mm. but even the dynamics of marriage itself. Mm. So we keep that in front of our kids by displaying for them, hey, this is what the unit looks like, which means solidarity displayed. Yes. Where we say, like, I don't take I'm not taking girls trips. Mm -hmm. And so I want our daughters to be able to see that so that they understand that when they are married, first Corinthians seven, their duty is now to their husband husband. Mm. And the Bible does call this the things of this world, right? Yeah. That the married woman cares about the things of this world, how she might please her husband. Mm-hmm. And so when our kids see this, what we're actually doing is leaving a legacy for them and mm. how they are to be married. I hope that when JD looks at you and mm-hmm. he sees whatever sacrifices you're making, the mm-hmm. way that you're shepherding our family mm-hmm. and even the unit that is yeah. me and you, where we say, nope, we agree with each other. Yeah. Nope, we stand together. I hope that they see that and they take that into their families and Mm -hmm. then they model that. And hopefully it's not just that they are mimicking what they've seen, Mm -hmm. but they understand that it has a biblical foundation as well. You know, that's a powerful thing that you said, because, you know, we have unfortunately there are broken homes, you know, and marriages that have failed, you know, for whatever reason. But man, for a way to reverse that is that if, uh, it can start with, with, with you, you know, it can start with a person having an yeah. intact marriage, you know, and then the children after you seeing that intact marriage Breaking and cycles. godly yeah. and break those cycles. That's one of the greatest ways to begin to have blessings for, you know, generations to come, yeah. you know, where there may have been destruction in the past. And so it's so important that we model in front of them the things that are of, of God, you know, because whether we if we modeled those things, you know, I believe that the rewards that will that you will reap will be godliness. Amen. But if you model things that of this world and, and if the things of this world are are, are uh, front and center mm-hmm. in, in your life, in your marriage, then that's th- those are the things that they will take on. You Absolutely. Know? And because they will look at what you're doing and say, man, well, my dad did it like this. My yeah. mom did it like this. I can look back right now on some things that my dad did, um, some wise things that yeah. he he did, 
you know, and I wanted to replicate that. Yeah. Because it worked. It was yeah. good. Yeah. You know, and if there were things that I didn't like, you know, you don't have to replicate those things. But man, there are, there's so much uh, potential in a godly marriage. Amen. I mean, and you think about it. There's there are huge conversations that are happening all across this country, Will, where we are talking about what's systemic. Mm. A lot of the things that we are experiencing come from our own personal systems. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we, we like to make it, we say systemic just as sort of this, like it's just out there, mm-hmm. the reason for my suffering or the reason that I can't do this and, and it's somebody else's problem. But if there are any systems that should be examined, um, I think they must be our own personal systems. Like Mm -hmm. how have we in our own families maybe failed our children? And I think you raise an excellent point. Maybe if you've come from a broken home, Mm -hmm. as I did, Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to put a stake in the ground and to say, man, not only, not only. and, And I would say, first and foremost, I'm putting the stake in the ground for the glory of God. Because God has given us a mandate as to how our marriages are to function, how Mm. we're to view them. But in addition to that, I'm putting a stake in the ground so that my kids will not suffer the way that I did. I want them to have a different and a better outcome. So I want to model a healthy marriage. I want to keep the standard of God in front of them so that they have something to look to down the line. Not only in marriage, but even before you get to marriage in the choosing of a spouse. Mm. How do they know what to Mm. look for? Well, hopefully they know what to look for because it's been modeled in front of them Mm -hmm. and it's been read to them from the holy word of God. You know, something that's powerful that you you, you've said this before as an example. But um, when speaking about your mom, that she always set the standard in front of you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, even if things were broken, it was like, but this is not how I intended it to be. That's so important. Even if you're in a, a family like that now where. Some things have been broken. You can still raise the standard and say, man, this is what the Bible says about marriage. Even Amen. if, you know, even if, if there's been some failures, you know, that the encouragement is that you can still stick close to the word of God and say, look, I know things didn't work out. You can tell your, your children, I know things didn't work out like, you know, like That's I so planned good. it. But man, God's standard is God's standard. And you can have, you know, just that, mm-hmm. you know, you should always cling close to the word. That's so good because, you know, the danger of missing the mark is the temptation of moving the goal. That's mm. always the temptation. Mm-hmm. Like, because mm-hmm. we want to, we want to protect ourselves, yeah. you know, and, and maybe for our kids, we want to appear a little bit better than we are. So we don't often confess the truth of our failures. Now I'm not saying that everything has to be divulged to a kid. Um, there are age appropriate things that you share, but I do think that you make a, an excellent point that when you have missed the mark, mm-hmm. you don't move the goal. You don't yeah. reset the standard. Um, like God is not, God is not grading on a curve. Yeah. And everybody loves the curve, right? Because yeah. the bottom comes up yeah. to the top. <laughs> right. But no, God is saying this is the standard. And I think what we have to do in the context, as you just so rightly put it, we have to be willing to say, listen, I didn't do everything right. Yeah. And I regret that. Yeah. I'm grateful for the grace of God, the forgiveness of God that covers my sin. Praise God for Jesus. Mm. This is the standard. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who say, man, I, I, I've missed it or even like right now, they identify that, you know, my children have come before my wife or my husband, mm. you know, that I have not seen my husband and I as the unit. Yeah. You know, 
What are some of the things that right now you think can be done to begin to rein that back in? Yeah. First, I think there has to be repentance. Mm. I think first we have to go to the Lord because it's against the whenever there is sin or transgression, it's against the Lord first. Right. right. It, it would not be sin even against another person if it were not first sin against the holy and righteousness of God. Mm. Right. So I think first there has to be repentance where mm. you say, Lord, I confess that I've missed this. I I don't want to miss this. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. We we don't want many of us who love the Lord. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just be walking around in our sin. Mm-hmm. So I think first there has to be repentance. Then I think there has to be confession to the spouse. Yeah. Where you go to your spouse humbly and say, you know, I think I have favored my children, our children <laughs> above you. Yeah. And I have seen them as, you know, exclusively mine. Yeah. And I have overstepped the boundaries of the word. Would you forgive me? Mm, And would you dwell with me patiently (laughs) as I get this right? And there are going to be some bumps. Because the children, uh, they they may look at this as like takeaway. Like, you know, I was getting all the attention. So you're going to have to deal with that as well. But the thing is, you and your husband or your, your wife will be able to deal with that together. You'll be able to help you know, rein that back in, you know, just by saying things like, wait, you know, uh, uh, let me talk to mom first. Yes. You know, yes. let's let's talk about this. And then we'll get back with you. Yes. Instead of a, a, a instant yes or no. Yes. You know, just doing those little things like that will set, send that signal to the child that, man, they're, they're unified. That's exactly right. Man, that's an excellent point. Like when a kid walks up to you as the couple and you guys are talking, you're engaged in a conversation and they just come in. Look, they are born selfish. All right. They <laughs> They just come in because they're like, what I need to say is more important than yeah. anything you guys are discussing. Right. What do we often do? We often stop our conversation, mm-hmm. turn to them, thereby reinforcing their selfish behavior. Mm-hmm. And we say, you matter more. Go ahead. <laughs> no, what we should do is we should say, excuse me, mm. daddy and I are having a conversation. Yeah. You can wait for a second. Unless, do you have an emergency? Mm. Usually it's not an right. emergency. It's usually not. Okay. <laughs> um, but for them, everything is emergent. Right. Okay. So, but what you have to do is you have to stop and say, do you have an emergency? If you don't, daddy and I are speaking. When we're done, then you may speak. Mm. So what you're saying to them in a gentle, Mm -hmm. instructive way is we're the unit. Mm -hmm. What we are discussing is important and you will learn how you can be a part of this respectfully Mm -hmm. and without feeding your selfishness. Yeah. That's basic, but it works. Yeah. In addition to that, it is not having those eye rolls Mm. you know sometimes when you see the other parent disciplining it may not be the way that you would have done it and the Mm. kid can sense that like if you undermine that authority even in small ways right Right. and they exploit that their little eyes are everywhere oh my goodness you know they can manipulate that and and when you two have a united front that could be stopped you know and i would pray in those instances because it may be hard to identify if it if it has been going on for Mm -hmm. a minute that the holy spirit would make me sensitive to see when that happens yeah. so that, you know, I won't fall prey to like just giving in like I normally would do, Yeah. but that we would stop that because the United front has to be seen by the child. And that would be a, a great indication to them that, man, some things have changed. And, and you know what? <laughs> it actually uh, reinforces the role that the parent has mm-hmm. in, in, for this particular example, meeting out discipline. Mm-hmm. So like you have a kid who is disciplined, then what do they do? They come to the parent who has not disciplined them and said, and they say, they're, oh, I don't like it. I don't like. <laughs> so what does the parent have to do? The parent has to say, well, you deserved it. Mm. That was sinful. What you did, that was wrong. You, God requires that we discipline you for his glory. 
And so then what you're doing is reinforcing your God-given role. Kids see this and it produces fruit of righteousness. Amen. Great discussion. Thanks for joining us once again for By Design. Uh, We hope that this information has been helpful. Uh, Remember, you can go to afa.net slash by design to find articles and podcasts and videos to educate and encourage you on building uh, up your marriage and family the way God designed. One man, one woman for life. Till next time. God bless.